Welcome to PHT in the Morning with your host, Pastor David Miller from the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Good morning and welcome to PHT in the Morning with Pastor David Miller. I'm Pastor Miller and I will be uh, talking with you today about another great uh, salvation story. I think this might be, I think this is our third uh, on this series of talking about salvation stories. Uh, we talked about my own personal salvation story, and then uh, the next episode, which was our last episode, we talked about a businessman that had come to my home and uh, and talked to me about getting saved, and he said, uh if people go to hell, does it have to be me? And actually, this is not my uh, third. This is the fourth because the next one, I talked to you about a a man that a pastor friend of mine knew that had made a statement, I'm not afraid of hell, and I may just give myself a head start to hell. And we told that salvation story about preaching that in southern Mississippi and uh the story where the man came inside the church, heard me from the nursery, did not know he was there. No one did. But the Holy Ghost spoke in such a great way that he came out of the nursery, gave his heart to God. You really need to go back after you listen to this one and listen to that episode titled A Head Start to Hell. Today, what we're going to be talking to you about in this uh episode of Salvation Stories, I'm going to be talking about a man, and I told you I, I'm trying not to use any any names, or at least uh, I might use names that's not really them or a, or a partial name, but I'm going to tell you about a story of a man that I had met when I was preaching in Detroit, Michigan. I used to preach uh, in the 70s. And I, I preached some in the 80s and maybe once, twice in the 90s. I used to preach a lot of revivals, homecomings, and even camp meetings in Michigan like Detroit and Monroe and Taylor and Dearborn Heights and several other uh, towns up there, Flat Rock. Can't remember them all. But I was, uh, I remember this night, well, I, I guess I'll give you a, uh, a title first. My title for this episode is going to be Today I Went Back. That's the title. Today I Went Back. And I was preaching uh, revival one night and I noticed there was a uh, a man that was there in revival and uh, when the preacher uh, was done asking for uh, folks to come and sing, and he was getting ready to get the evangelists up, was, which was me that week. And uh, he just got ready to say, uh, Brother Miller, come and preach. And this brother said, excuse me. He said, I know I don't want to be out of order uh, or anything like that, but he said, is there any way I could just sing a song? And so they said, sure, brother, come on up. And uh, sing. 
Now, when I first say this, I'm not trying to be humorous at all, nor am I being judgmental or putting anyone down. You need to hear the whole story until I get through. But he came up to sing, and he got up, and he started singing a song, and I think the title of that song was Thanks to Calvary. So I don't know, my producers might even change the title to Thanks to Calvary, because that's a good title. But anyway, that song starts out and it'll say, today I went back to the place where I used to live. My little girl ran and hid behind the door. But as the tears ran down my face, I tried to tell her, thanks to Calvary, I don't live here anymore. Then it went on to say, thanks to Calvary, things are not uh, like they used to be. And I mean, it's just a great song if you've never heard it. But he got up to sing the song, and like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to be humorous, nor am I trying to be rude or putting one down. But it was possibly one of the worst, uh, how do I say this kind, one of the worst uh, tries at singing I'd ever heard. I mean, it was off key. Uh, the voice wasn't very, very good. And it just, it just wasn't a, really a good, a good rendition of it at all. But I looked and I noticed that there wasn't hardly a dry eye in that house. And they were truly worshiping God. Now, in my mind, and I was a younger man at that time, and I thought, I, I don't understand it. These are great words, but how in the world is he getting such response? You know, without being rude, he was a terrible singer. But yet, every time, and this time, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, the great response that he had. So we had a great service that night. That guy kind of liked me and my wife. So every time I would be anywhere within a hour or so preaching up there, he was always there every night. And most of the people in that area and those couple of different fellowships of churches that I was preaching at a lot, they knew him. And they would most of the time ask him to come and sing that song. By the way, he never did get any better as far as his talent level or getting on key or anything like that. It never sounded like good to the ear. But they would ask him. And on most nights, if they did not ask him, he would ask them. And I'm telling you the honest truth, folks. I've never seen or heard the man sing that song in my life that it wasn't a huge success. As terrible as the song sounded, always folks would pray, come to the altars and rejoice. Finally, one evening, I picked up the courage and I asked him after church, I said, brother, I said, uh, I don't want to be rude, but the, the song I noticed that you love to sing I said, you're like myself. You're not the greatest 
singer in the world. And believe me, I was being kind when I said that. I said, but yet, it's always sung with power. It's always anointed. And it always gets the job done. I said, do you mind to tell me what it is with that song? And the brother started to weep. And there was nobody there but me and him and maybe our wives and three or four of the people. He said, Brother Miller, he said, I, I know I can't sing well. And he said, I, I really know I'm a pretty poor singer. He said, but I don't sing it because of my ability or because it sounds good to the ear. He said, I'm going to tell you why. He said, one day, he said, uh, well, first, he said, I always treated my wife terribly. He said, I would drink so bad. I was on alcohol so bad that I would work all week, but I would come home and waste every bit of my money before Sunday came. And he said, many times, church folks gave my wife a little money and bought food. And he said, I would promise I would never do it again. But I was so bound by the alcohol. When Friday came and I got my check, I found myself doing it all over again. He said, I was so disgusted with my life that I had borrowed a pistol. And I figured I'd take one last drunk, one last binge, and I was going to end my life. He said, I was walking there by one of the, whichever one of the Great Lakes is there close to Detroit. I forget. But he said, I kind of stumbled up drunk against this small church, like a storefront church. And that's why you should never say anything against a, a storefront church or a small church because I believe God's got his hand in them as well. I thank God for every one of them that's preaching the truth, no matter the size or where it's located. But he said, I stumbled up against the wall, and he said, I heard him singing a song, and he said, I heard him preaching a message about a boy that had sold, or that had took his father's inheritance, wasted it all, and wound up in the hog pen. And he said, they told about that boy, I went home, and his father received him back as a son. And he said, I'm no longer worthy. He said, I remember saying, I'm no longer worthy either, Lord. And he said, when they sung that song, thanks to Calvary, he said, I thought of my daughter. He said, many times I would come home under the influence of alcohol, and I would smack my daughter and smack her around. He said, I've even beat my wife. And he said it was all because of the alcohol. And he said, so I went in that night. He said, drunk. And he said, I went down the aisle as a drunk man. And he said, but they were good to me. The church gathered around and prayed for me. And he said, God instantly saved me and instantly sobered me up. Now I'm telling you the brother what he told me, and I knew him for quite a few years after this. And he said, when, after I got saved and sobered up that night, he said it was a miracle. 
I asked them if they would give me the words to that song. Actually, I remember what he called it. He said, can I have the words to that ballad? And they gave him the words to Thanks to Calvary. He said, I walked over to that lake, Great Lake, and I hurled that pistol as far as I could out into the lake. And he said, I went back home with the words of that song. And he said, when I walked back home, he said, my wife stood at the door and he said, I can remember my daughter as she grabbed my wife's leg and was hiding behind the back part of my wife's leg. And she called my name, my wife did, and said, you're not going to beat us anymore. If you do, I intend to hurt you tonight. Really bad. And she had a, had a gun. And he said, all I ask of you is let me sing you a song. That's all I ask. And then I'll do whatever you want me to do. He said, Brother Miller, now by this time, I was starting to weep. And he said, Brother Miller, by this time, he said, I pulled out that song, that words, and I started singing. He said, I looked at my daughter, and I remember saying, Today I went back to the place where I used to live. My little girl ran and hid behind the door. But as the tears ran down my face, I tried to tell her, thanks to Calvary, we don't live here anymore. And he said, my wife I saw was weeping. And he said, I sung the entire song and said, if you can ever find in your heart to forgive me, I am so sorry for the way I treated you and how I've wasted our living and not been a good father or husband to you, my wife. And he said, I folded up the words and he said, my wife just looked over at me and said she started weeping. He said she laid down what she had in her hand and she walked over and hugged my neck and said, I've always loved you and I still love you. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has saved you. And then she said, you're right. Thanks to Calvary, we don't live anymore. We might live in the same house, but we don't live in the same condition anymore. And she said, "We need you need to start going to church with me. And he said, I did, uh, Brother Miller. I started going to church. And I mean, he was crying pretty good. And he looked at me and said, I know I'm not a good singer. I know I am not. And he said, maybe I'm a little too pushy. He said, but I don't know how to testify well. Of course, I thought he was doing a good job. He said, so anytime I get the chance, if they can bear with me long enough to sing my testimony, if I can just sing it to them and let them know how thankful and grateful I am for Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ that reached down into the heart of a drunkard and saved him and changed his life and made him a good father and a good husband for the last uh, several years now. And he said, so if you don't want me to sing it where you are anymore, 
He said, I apologize and I won't. Well, I felt about two inches tall. And I said, no, sir, my brother. I'm so sorry. I, I just didn't understand how powerful, how it could be so powerful in the response that folks had every time you sung it. I realized that day it wasn't in ability. It wasn't in a beautiful voice. It wasn't in talent, whether it was natural or trained talent. It was all in what was behind those words. Church, I love beautiful singing. I like it. But I would rather hear and feel anointed singing that's from the heart any day of the week. And that man, I looked at him and I said, Brother, anywhere I'm at, if they don't ask you to sing and you don't volunteer, I'm going to ask you to sing. On that day, on that day, I looked at him and I said, Brother, how about singing it for me right now? Now, church was over. Revival was over. That night of revival was. And you know what? He just reached in his coat pocket, pulled out the words, and reared back like he was singing in front of a thousand people and started singing. Thanks to Calvary, I don't live here anymore. What a great story and what a great testimony. Now, folks, I want to share some of these with you because I know these persons uh, personally. I watch these events take place. And you say, brother, that's a pretty big story. Yes, but God saved that man. And you say, can God save a drunkard? Can God save an alcoholic? That's not the first time I've seen God do it. I've seen God on several occasions at least probably eight or ten times in my life where God has gloriously saved uh, an alcoholic and set them on the right path, and they did not go back to the alcohol. The Lord can do that. How can he do it? It's all thanks to Calvary. It's all thanks to that day that Jesus died for our sins. And you may never have been hooked on alcohol or been an alcoholic, but whatever sin you was involved in, sin is sin, and they will all take us to a devil's hell. So yes, God can save an alcoholic. If you're listening and you are one, God can save you. If you're listening and your husband or wife is, your son or daughter or a grandchild is, don't give up hope. Keep believing God and praying for them. I will pray with you for them. I may not know their name, but I'm going to pray with you that whoever's listening, that God would reach down and touch them. Thank God for Calvary and thank God for that great song. Right now, if you would, pray with me if you're to where you can. And let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now asking you that everyone that is listening to me, if they have a problem with this terrible addiction or they have a spouse, a child, a grandchild, a friend or a neighbor or a co-worker, whoever they may be, wherever they may be, I pray, God, that you send the Holy Ghost to break that bond of alcoholism and forgive them and save them 
in the name of your blessed Son, Jesus Christ. Thank God for Calvary. Well, I'm glad I got to share this with you today. I hope you're with us for the next salvation story, which is a powerful story as well. God bless you. This is Brother Miller saying, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.